0: Love, talk,
1: radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams and with my coaching help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at www.myfuturecoach.com and follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash coachandrew. Okay, if you're listening live and you have a question, the phone over here is 646-929-2893. Again, that's 646-929-2893. You'll be able to listen to the show on the phone, and if you press number one, I'll know you have a question. We also have a live chat room right in the show page where you can feel free to join in. My guest tonight, Karen Monteverdi, is a certified professional coach and a member of the International Coaching Federation, the owner of Green Mountain Enrichment and Empowerment Center, where she helps people to awaken to the simplicity of life by illuminating the dark corners of your bright ideas. Her book, Living Consciously in an Ego-Driven Society, is available on Amazon and on my site, Here on Blog Talk Radio, if you click on the book cover for that book, you can go right to Amazon and get your copy. You can learn more about Karen at www.gotocoach.net. Karen, are you with us? I'm here.
2: Hi, Andrew.
1: Hello, Karen. So, um, you know, I I wrote in my uh, little blurb on my page that you'll want to check your ego at the door.
2: I saw that.
1: Now you get extra credit if you know where that phrase comes from. Who who first said it?
2: Oh, sorry. I'm gonna to have to pass on that. Ah,
1: uh, I was gonna give you the uh, the Jeopardy thing. You know, um, <laughs> that came out of the the uh, We Are the World taping. Remember that uh, We Are the I, World thing? I do.
2: Yes, that was. And it was.
1: Uh, Quincy Jones famously said that. at the It was on the video where he says, "Okay, people, you have to check your ego at the door," and that that became a uh, a little saying ever since. And that was 80 something.
2: I recall that kind of dates us a little bit, doesn't it? I?
1: It it does, but that's okay. <laughs> so, uh, tell me about this this uh, book of yours. I'd like to, first of all, what is this title mean, Living Consciously in an Ego-Driven Society?
2: Well, we grow up in a society that we are indoctrinated with using the ego. Um, You look at magazines, what are they playing to? They're playing to your ego, how you Mm -hmm. look, how you dress. Uh, Television also does that. When you go to school, you have peer pressure to wear the latest, most hip clothes, be in the music and the the style of the day. Uh, We have peer pressure from uh, church and from our family using ego as uh, a way to teach us how to navigate in our reality. Mm -hmm. So We grow up knowing all about the ego and people learn to uh, have relationships based on ego. And what happens is typically those relationships fall apart, especially marriages. I think that that's one of uh, the big issues in relationships today is we don't actually fall in love with the person. We fall in love with what we think they can give us. And, um, you know, ego is all about uh, that Not really living consciously. Most people don't even know who they are as they grow up. And, you know, in this country there's a big thing when you're in your 20s uh, to go find yourself.
0: Well, Mm.
2: it's because we don't grow up knowing ourselves. And so the idea is to begin to live consciously. And what that means is to really get to know yourself, get to know What drives you? The interpersonal work that we do is really about personal growth Mm -hmm. and understanding what you are. Not who you are, but what you are. And, uh, yeah, so it also allows us to stop feeling like a victim to the world's desires and whims and believe that others are more important to us. You know, we, we grow up really feeling that our choices are limited and that we're powerless. And with the book, I give ideas and concepts and resources to help people understand that they are not powerless, that we are 100% responsible for all of our reality
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and our perceptions of it. And, um, you know, I just recently discovered something called the Biology of Belief, by Bruce Lipton. It's been out for about five years now. Um, And it, you know, my book really, really, it it captures that essence, that our beliefs really do create our body and Mm -hmm. our experience of life. In effect, our beliefs, thoughts, emotions, and behaviors create our experience of life And when we become consciously aware of things that we don't like, we can take them out and replace them with things that we do like. So if we don't like our lifestyle, guess what? We can create a whole new one if Mm. we start looking at our operational code. You know, like a computer, you look at the main programming, what's been put in there, and decide, you know, we can take it out. What can be... Learned can be unlearned, and it can be replaced, and you can retrain your brain to really support yourself in and be self-sufficient in all aspects of life.
1: Gotcha, and they, you know to say garbage in, garbage out when it comes to computers, right? Exactly. Any- now, just going back a little bit, um, would you define? How would you define ego?
2: You know, my husband and I have uh, quite. A- a conversation about this and, and a little bit of a debate because I see ego as anything that puts you into a victim role. and But it also is a tool. And as a tool, you can use it to see when there's something up for you that you might want to look at as an opportunity for growth. And so for... In my perspective, what the ego is, is a tool. And it allows us to create those aha moments, create realizations in our in our operational code that there might be some faulty uh, programs that we want to change those lines of code.
1: You know, one of my mentors, C. Anthony Harris, who's been on my show... Um, he always refers to ego as edging God out,
2: oh, I like that
1: yeah I, I, that's always stuck in my mind i so, I can
2: see why I, I you know it's a it's a nice acronym as well
0: um, i love acronyms, <laughs> so oh, but, you know, um, I have personal
1: growth though also. You speak a lot about personal growth. Now we also live in a world where a lot, there are people like you and me, who love to personal development, and there are a lot of people who, it seems to me, don't even engage in any kind of personal development, or at least not after, not after school years. It's like almost like that's it. Go on and do this thing, the 40-year thing. What do you, what do you say to that?
2: Well, I think everybody learns and grows as they as they move through life, I think that though there are some people who do it consciously and some people who do it unconsciously um, and the the idea with coaching is we do it consciously we actually know that there's something that we want to work on and it is something that has a profound impact on our lives and then we create an intention to move out of that. So for those people who are interested in doing the same thing and producing the same results, um, they're here, they're absolutely here to do that. And uh, each of those, I see people really as not um, people, but as viewpoints. And Mm. I believe each viewpoint has its merit. So for those people that want to keep doing what they're doing and creating the same results and living in fear and frustration, you know they'll do that until they're done, until they're ready to give it up. And sometimes people die still having those uh, experiences, still Mm -hmm. living in pain and fear. But for those people who really want to embrace life and give the absolute most out of it, and create choice and the empowerment that they can create. Um, living consciously and moving out of the ego is uh, is the prime directive.
1: Mm-hmm. Now you know what um, what Einstein is uh, attributed to having famously said about doing things over and over again and expecting a different result. Sure, that's insanity. That's right. It's one of my and favorite times.
2: Yeah, and I, I see a lot of the world. Um, running around really when they're in ego creating insanity they they point their fingers at other people and expect to have a different result without looking at themselves you know and Eckhart Tolle he he says uh when we identify ourselves with the ego it limits our ability to use The world in reality, and its main function of the ego is self-preservation. So, Mm -hmm. if you're pointing your finger at your at somebody else, you got three fingers pointing back at you. (laughs) And so, if you recognize that, really, when you're blaming somebody else, it's because you have a perspective that there may be something that you don't like. And what's really poignant about that is that you have created that that situation in your life maybe by the choices that you've made up to this point like a car wreck for example Mm -hmm. well you chose to get in your car you chose to leave at the time that you chose to leave you chose to take your eyes off the road or um, not pay attention to the person that was coming at you so you could swerve in time whatever the the situation is you are 100 percent responsible for your experience of that but it goes beyond that. It's what beliefs would you have in the first place that would put you in a situation where you would be in a wreck. There's always something to grow and something to know from situations. Mm-hmm. And what I teach is that you are 100% responsible for your experience of life, but more than that, your experience, your, your life itself. And, as again, as biology is teaching us, it actually creates the experience of our body and how we, ex- what we're prone to experience. So, And it all boils down to what you believe. And I have an example of that, if I may.
1: Good. I was about to say, do you have any examples? So you beat me to it.
2: Sure. And I'm going to use myself um, because okay. a lot of the coaching that I, I do um, work, is, is very deep personal stuff. So I, I don't use a lot of... Um, client examples, although there's mm-hmm. a few in the book. Um, but in 1998, I lived in a neighborhood that was perfectly safe. It was a clean neighborhood, you know, not a lot of crime. I had my car stolen four times that year. Wow. I had my house broken into, my stereo stolen, my TV, my VCR, you know, lot, and more than once. We're we're talking, you know, it's like I was this magnet for <laughs> for thieves. And uh, my coach said to me, you know, you're creating all that. And so, what is the underlying automatic commitment about that? What mm-hmm. is your belief about that? And it turned out I had a belief that I I couldn't own anything nice
0: because mm. it would be
2: taken away from me. And of course that them back to my childhood i'm one of 21 kids wow so
0: from the same mother
2: um my mom had 14 and my dad had five from a previous marriage and together they had two wow
0: um
2: but so i just i sat down one day and i just went through the whole process and cleaned out all the junk you know all the beliefs all the stories that i told myself all the things that I made those childhood incidents mean. And from that day forward, I I don't leave my doors. I don't lock them. I don't lock my car. Um, I've never had anything stolen from me. I've never had anything broken into. And it isn't that I believe that people won't steal from me. Mm -hmm. I have a belief that if they take it, they needed it worse than I did. And since that time nobody's taken anything. Mm. And I have to say that after that really poignant experience it made me realize how true it is what you, it is what you say it is your beliefs create your reality.
1: You know, but aren't you also, you know, kind of tempting the fates with that sort of thing? I mean, like, like, uh, like, if I were to put a bicycle out on the street and not lock it up, wouldn't it be practically begging to be taken?
2: I've done it. I've done it in really high crime areas. Um, I just don't believe it's part of my reality. Mm-hmm. I don't have things taken. So. The thing is that you have to believe it 100% and mm. there you know you have to own it in every cell of your body as part of your belief. And there is that there is no alternative. There is alternatives for other points of consciousness mm-hmm. in this reality and I see that, but not for this point. For this point of consciousness I am always safe. I am al- always taken care of.
1: You know what you're making me think of, by the way, is the Matrix.
2: Mm. Uh, that's a really awesome example because, um, and I use that in in my book. I use part of the Matrix. The difference is, I, I like Don Miguel's um,
1: Don Miguel Ruiz.
2: Mm-hmm. Don Miguel mm. Ruiz's um, analogy. A little bit better, we're waking up from a nightmare, Hmm. and we are now in the dream, and the dream is much more beautiful than the nightmare we ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when you stop living as a victim. You start living empowered to create exactly the experience that you want to create in your life. And it's it's changed everything for me. It's also changed everything for the the people that I work with. Um, fascinating example is one of the case studies I had uh, a client who had MS, and she had been all over the United States looking for doctors to help her uh, be able to w- to walk again. I don't have to change phones. One okay.
1: We'll just have some musical interlude. Da, 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 da. Musical interlude on Blog Talk Radio. Eleven three O. Are we back yet? Okay. So we're having a couple of seconds of non Karen here on Blog Talk Radio. Any questions in the chat room I have a couple of people there? Feel free to post them. Okay. Now, if this was a real radio station, what would I do? I would do this. Run, run, D. But it's not a real radio station. It's just blog talk radio. We're waiting here for Karen to come back to, from another phone. <laughs> Come back, Karen. Where are you? Okay. This is why it's really good to uh, pay extra for the Blog Talk radio service so I can edit this out on the replay. We are still waiting. Okay, Karen, you have 30 seconds to call back in. Uh, there you are. Back. Hello.
2: Hi. Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you fine. Okay. Uh, I've so, just been talking to myself for the last uh, <laughs> minute and a half and trying to uh, make conversation with myself, and it was really kind of fun.
2: Great. What'd you say? Uh,
1: you don't, you really don't want to know. Um, <laughs> this is why it's really good. Like, I'm I'm uh, going to be able to edit out all that silence for the replay, but it will take me a day or two. Okay. So where were we? So
2: basically she had gone all over the country um, looking at having doctors try and help her figure out why she couldn't walk. Um, she wanted to walk again. Um, her her muscles just went into atrophy and, and um, basically she couldn't walk. She even went down to Costa Rica before stem cell therapy was uh, legal here Mm and had some stem cell therapy done and came back and nothing. So after our first session, she realized she had a contract with her illness. After three sessions, she was standing in her kitchen for five minutes a day. After six sessions, she was walking uh, on crutches. By the time we got to 12 sessions, she's walking in a pool for an hour a day and walking um, using her crutches in, you know, everyday life and it really is about what you believe it is.
1: Well that, that's quite a that's quite a story though. That I would think you would you would that would have been a like a documentary almost.
2: Well, I think that it's such commonplace nowadays when people start realizing they they can heal cancer, they can heal I mean, just about I, I hear it every day in our healing community, people mm-hmm. who um, who have discovered that all they have to do is believe that they can be whole and well, and they can be whole and well. And we see that with energy work, um, people start uh, eating better, they start feeling better, they start taking better care of themselves, and it all has to do with their beliefs.
0: Mm-hmm. They believe
2: they need to eat better to be able to be healthier. Um So Yeah That's You
1: know <laughs> Okay So uh, what, I'd like to hear a little bit about Uh How you Got to be Who you are today I mean How What's What's your story
2: Um uh, My story is I grew up in A childhood of incest Had uh mm. Thousands of incidents That left me feeling As though a victim In the world And I went into The foster care system And Um found a really amazing family who lived consciously, and that began my uh, move to understand everything I could about living consciously and what that means, and then then in 91 or 92, my past had come back to haunt me, and my childhood issues were coming up really intensely, so I went to the Kentucky Center for Experiential Education, which is no longer in, um, in physical reality. But uh, what I learned there were things like, uh, why is this happening to me again, by, Michael Do- by Dr. Michael Rice and Harville Hendricks. Um, uh, I forgot the name of it. It just left me. Um,
1: well, welcome to Middle Age. I'm your host. <laughs>
2: So anyway, I went through all these classes, mm-hmm. right? About uh, getting the love you want. That was Harville Hendricks. I knew I'd think of it. Um, just all these different courses about how really to learn how to know yourself. And then I came back to Portland. Um, my husband uh, of that time died in '96,
0: mm.
2: and I. Um, I hadn't really grieved about it. I was too busy taking care of all the stuff, all the debt and children and, you know, just life. I didn't have time to grieve. And that actually came up to haunt me and uh, created post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, I was getting flashbacks of not only uh, my childhood but of my husband and his death scene and seeing him walking around and it was it was a real nightmare i couldn't really connect with anyone and i knew personal growth was the key so i got a coach i got a sociologist um i took some medication for about three months while i just sat and journaled and um kind of locked myself up in my home until I could get right. And I completely, you know, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. And within um, a year, I cured myself using all of these different techniques. And I had lots of help. And, but the main thing was I had a plan. And the plan was to get through this, to figure it out. And the biggest thing that helped was really the emotional relief. And using body work, uh, as well as talk therapy and coaching, because you know you get to integrate all those things together.
1: Um, and you were you were getting you had a coach at what did you say this is ninety six? Yeah. So you were a, you were kind of an early uh, convert to the world of coaching.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, and after that experience, I came up to Portland and found my youngest sister was having post-traumatic stress disorder from her, our childhood trauma. Mm. And um, she had been diagnosed, and it um, actually this was 2005, um, she was on Social Security because wow. she was agoraphobic and um, had been for several years and um, completely healed her. To the point where now she is a massage therapist. So we went from a person that couldn't stand to be around other people, didn't want to be touched, didn't, couldn't, um, couldn't experience the energies of of sight and sound. And, you know, Walmart would send her into a frizzy, and she would, you know, get physically ill. Um, places, you know, with lots. Fred Meyer's, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not picking on Walmart, um, <laughs> but it just, you know, it it was it was really hard for her. And so what happened was, um, I used a lot of the techniques, and I just worked with her, and um, she cured herself of post-traumatic stress disorder using the same techniques that I used to cure myself, and I did. And what she said is, you know, I really like what we did here, but you're a little rough on around the edges. And I thought to myself, you know what? I need to go to school. Mm. I need need to get some finesse because, excuse my French, I was a badass. You know, you don't like it? Tough shit. Go
0: do this. Right. You know,
2: (laughs) I don't care what your excuses are. Go do it. Now, you know, I'm a little gentler, been through the, the coaching, you know, through ICA and they teach you um, how to ask tough questions, powerful questions, without really putting people people's guard up, uh, getting them into ego, really allowing. So that was very, very helpful for me. Um, I think I, I've always been a coach. Um, mm-hmm. As anybody who is a coach knows that that's. You know, that's typically why we get called is we've done this all our lives. Well, one of
1: the, on the ICA site, and let me say that you and I are both graduates of ICA, um, and on the ICA site there's a little quiz there to see if you, know, if you think this might be a career for you. And the, the if you take the test and get the answer, you've, you've always been a coach. Or you've been a coach for a long time. It's about time you got paid for it. That's usually a good sign. It's time to, time to sign up and start doing something about it.
2: Right, right.
1: So when when were you in ICA?
2: Um, I graduated I started in two thousand eight. I graduated in two thousand nine. Um, December of last year.
1: Oh, ah, so I, we missed each other. I was gone by two thousand and seven.
2: Yeah, yeah, just just barely though.
1: Yeah? <laughs> well,
2: it's nice to I, it's amazing how many alumni I find in the coaching community. But so you're actually the first awesome.
1: person that I that I found that I didn't realize that you were. I said other people like we have found each other on Facebook or in some group or on LinkedIn, and and uh, you're actually the first person where I, I didn't even realize it until today that we you and I were or went to school together, so to speak.
0: <laughs> well,
2: great.
1: If I had known, I could have carried your virtual books. Oh well, you
2: there can now. <laughs>
0: Um. <laughs> <Very>.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. Try the veal. Um. So that that's so that's great. So uh, and and so, but you were coaching before you went to school, correct? Yes. Yeah. And um, so what does ha- what has the the um the um, the training added to your coaching?
2: Finesse, really. I mean, it it added a knowing. You know, there was already I, I know this for myself, but mm-hmm. will other people accept it? You know, like you said, there's a lot of people walking around really not not interested in personal growth, and you start talking to them and they kind of roll their eyes. But there are so many people out there looking for help. There's so many people out there just wanting somebody mm-hmm. to help them change their perspective mm-hmm. so that they can live powerfully. And I didn't really know that. I mean. I hoped that was true. I had an idea that it might be true. But ICA really solidified the confidence for me that it was true. There are so many people out there that are clamoring to wake up. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about 2012 and and that, you know, there's a big shift going on and energy changing and all of that in in the Healing communities,
1: especially
2: mm-hmm. in massage therapy and, and acupuncture. And,
1: when you talk about 2012, are you speaking about the, the end of the world stuff or something else?
2: Just a, an energetic shift. Okay. The end of the world as we know it. Okay. So, and, and from what I gather, the end of the world as we know it means that more and more people are going to live consciously. They are going to stop living in the ego. Um, I, and, you know, there's a lot of different stories about what might happen in 2012, but that's my take on it. My take on it is people are are waking up to their inner power and they're going to, you know, people will stop, you know, they'll put down their weapons. Kind of like what it says, you know, in, in the Bible that, you know, that you're going to have the lion and the lamb sleeping
1: side mm-hmm. by side. Um, well, I, I'm I'm not concerned about uh, 2012 being the end of the world. Why? Because my Amex card expires in 2014.
2: <laughs> nice. So, don't have to.
1: No concerns.
2: So, but you know, regardless of what people think, because whatever they believe is their reality, and and I'm not here to tell people what to think. I'm not here to tell people what to believe. I'm here to empower them if they believe it then to stand in it and stand in their power and stand in their belief regardless of that the what other people think or what other people believe to stand in who you are and fall in love with yourself fall in love with your ideal character of who you are and then become that and allow yourself to awaken to how simple life is when you stop arguing with the rest of the world and yourself.
1: You know, you just reminded me of a quote by John Lennon. Uh, you, you don't need anybody to tell you who you are or what you are. You are what you are.
0: Exactly. Among other things. So be that.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> so be that. Be, be that. Be that that you are. Yeah. And you know, I, I really believe that, you know, my husband and I do this work together in workshops. Now, I do coaching, you know, on, on my own at Green Mountain Enrichment and Empowerment Center. But um we do workshops and he does the spiritual side and I do the coaching side and more the um how the physics of your mind works, how the biology works. Um and really teach people what how to access their body, how to access their thoughts, how to be able to talk to their subconscious and retrain their brain in uh, a real powerful way because we all have these habits of doing things and you know we're going to stop saying that, we're going to stop doing that and mm-hmm. we go to go do stop doing it and we find ourselves oh you know, yeah, I was going to stop doing that. You know, we find ourselves repeating the past. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Einstein's, you know, little quote there, uh, it creates insanity and it creates discord within us when we keep doing something that we say we're not going to do. So learning how to retrain and unlearn re- those things from the subconscious mind that were put in there that we agreed with, basically, uh, as we grew up is is key to teaching people how to really fall in love with themselves again, mm. how to be their own best friend, because then they stop the com- inner conflict.
1: Yeah, okay, I'm going to have a button that says, "I'm my own BFF."
2: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so you, you know, and
2: you, you you learn to use emotions as tools, as mm-hmm. a barometer of where you are in this life, and. You know what you like and what you don't like, and if you don't like something, what is it here to teach you? If you keep bringing something in your world that you don't like, that you have discord about, there's something there that you can learn from. It. What is it? What is it that you are trying to create? Because you are a creator.
1: It's not the creator.
2: You are the only creator oh. in your reality.
1: So, uh, tell me more about the Green Mountain Enrichment Empowerment and Empowerment Center. You you, you started this, right?
2: Yes, this is. I started in 2008, and mm-hmm. we are um, we are a virtual center, which gets the opportunity to coach internationally.
1: Okay, um, you know, I I had this image in my mind until you just said virtual center. I am I'm actually imagining this. Uh, like wood in the house, out in the fields, and you go there.
2: Well, that's what it can be for you, absolutely. <laughs> and
1: while I'm so drinking Green count- Mountain coffee, I think there's a brand by that name, right?
2: Excellent. So yeah. you can come and visit there anytime you like. Oh, thank you. Know that it's a it's a place of quiet peace, mm-hmm. joy, love, and total acceptance, wherever you are in your life and whatever you want to create.
1: Awesome, and uh, you know, obviously you, you have a long-term lease on this property, right?
2: I do. <laughs> uh, that is Millennium.
1: so cool. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great lease. I'm sure it has very good, favorable, favorable conditions.
2: Absolutely. the The, the main thing about um, having it virtually is I can go anywhere. I can take my center to other centers. Mm. And basically, what that means is we're taking. We take our um, the essence of what we encapsulate, which is love. It's transformation. It's life skills training. It's leadership and development. It's learning to really find peace within yourself to any place, whether it's a center or a school or um, a hospital. And uh, we also have a virtual meeting place with love. Del- other coaches and practitioners, and body bodywork practitioners, anybody of mm-hmm. healing modality, energy workers, we even have a psychic there um, to come and and create community with each other, uh, and for others outside the community to come and join us.
1: And how, how does that look? Could you could you, describe, could you paint a little picture for me?
2: Well, I, I hate to say it, but it looks a lot like Facebook. <laughs> Um, The meeting place is you you go in, you create your profile, you can upload your videos and your audios, you can blog, write articles. So Mm -hmm. if you're actually somebody who's looking for an expert in the field, uh, you can come and uh, just browse the different profiles on on the site, and they are all, um, if they have a, a business pro t- profile, mm-hmm. they are practitioners. And um, what you get to do is find out what modality and what methodology they use, uh, what their beliefs and their, their practice is all about, and what their specialty, because what i discovered, I thought all acupuncturists were the same. Turns out, there are acupuncturists that deal with specific issues and specific parts of the body. There are massage therapists that, that deal with, you know, there, there might be a massage therapist that only deals with people who have had uh, car accidents mm. or sports injuries or there, there might be um, a, a physical therapist. And they only work on people whose right shoulder is is lower than their left shoulder. who knows you know I mean go find out and sure. discover you know be able to match up what it is that you need
0: with a particular practitioner so
1: so where is what is is it like they're in address or are they what where exactly if somebody wanted to find out more about this where would they go
2: um you can go to uh go coach dot net uh-huh click on community and you'll see the meeting place.
1: Ah, okay. Okay, great. I will definitely be checking that out. So, um, some, uh... it, is,
0: it
2: is by invitation only to uh, join. So, if you do want to join, please contact me. Okay. And I'll, I'll just send you an invitation, Andrew. Please do. But anybody else who's interested, please contact me. Or um the administrator which is admin at go If you want to contact me directly, it's Karen at go
1: And that's Karen with a K for those who are wondering.
2: Nicely done. Good Thank you
1: very much. Um, so uh, I have a practical question. Like People who are looking to do some of these kinds of changes you've been talking about, what, what are some of the steps that somebody might take? What are some specific actions that you might recommend?
2: The first thing is to discover your own values and beliefs, your own traits, so to speak. And that's a little, I call it self-knowledge, knowledge, knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Harville Hendricks has a really great uh, process for that in getting the love you want, and I've kind of I've adapted it a little bit to well, add a, the coaching aspect to it. So what, what you do is you list all the traits of your caretakers in childhood, positive and negative, and you limit yourself to four because you don't really want to be there all day. Um, but list all of the, the positive and negative traits, you know, and that might be they were kind or they were distant. Um, basically, they're attributes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you discover for yourself which of those traits are positive and negative, and then you list the three most positive traits about yourself that really help empower you in this life and you list also the three most negative traits from that list that you have found from your childhood. And you look at them and you see, are these traits really who I am? Do they really represent me, or are they things that I've carried over from from childhood that are really about my parents? Where did these traits come from and do I want to continue to keep them Hmm. it's really at that point you're realizing your values you're realizing um, these are indoctrinations or are they things that I hold dear and if they're indoctrinations you can let them go you can replace them with traits that you really want to have in your life and then I have uh, then I have the the person the client um, write a script Basically, of the, pretend that you're writing a script for a play and you're creating the ideal character, the character that would have the things that you want to have in your life, that would be powerful in the ways that you want to be powerful. And then write this character as if it, it, could, it, it could do anything.
0: You know, you could,
2: it had the magic wand that could make things appear. And what would those traits be? Mm. And then identify yourself. Identify for yourself. Are those the same traits that were on the original caretaker? Are they different? Are they traits within myself or are they different? Do I want to bring those into my life? And really, you're rebuilding a whole lifestyle, a whole different reality by identifying the first step is knowing who you are and who who you want to be.
1: Now, I, I, do you um, would you be willing to share any of the, any of the ones that you discovered?
2: Oh, sure. Okay. Um, yeah. One of one of the most interesting ones was that um, that I believed that I was um, I I was too much for this world. I took up too much time. I took mm. up too much space. I ate too much food. I I took up too, you know, everything was too much. I was this little girl who, in this family of all these kids, took up too much. And what I learned when I got out of that was that I may be too much, but I'm also as much as I need to be. And for the job that I have to do on this planet, it's just right. Kind of like uh, the Goldilocks and the Three Bears Syndrome there.
1: (laughs) Okay. One of my favorite stories.
2: So, you know, I, I found out that I'm just right for, you know, as an adult, I'm not too much.
1: Well, that's a great discovery.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm just right. So it's a big job, and I need to take up as much space on this planet as I need to take up to be able to be this amazing being that helps all these other amazing beings on this planet realize the amazing life that they have, that they can own, that they can choose if they want to.
1: So, now, by the way, you have a pretty cool met your husband story, don't you?
2: Oh, I do, yeah. Can you tell it?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, well, yeah, I talk about beliefs. Um, I had a belief that smart men wouldn't marry smart women, and I see myself as a smart woman. So um, that, that was a challenge. And I had been dating for about two years looking for, you know, what I really wanted in this new life partner that I was going to create. And um, then I just—I found all the traits that I wanted, and I kind of, uh, you know, figured it out, had my list, because I'm a woman and mm-hmm. we have lists of oh, yeah. uh, what our male traits are going to be like. Um, and in November of 2007... I decided, okay, I found, I know what I want. I want to find the man of my dreams. Um, Well, actually, it was October, sorry. By November, I hadn't found him, and I was getting discouraged because I manifest much quicker than that. Mm -hmm. I want something. I have it, you know. It's one of these great things about being me. (laughs) And uh, so my... Uh, my brother and I were talking, and I said, will you coach me? I'll, here's the tools. This is what you say. This is how you do it. And he coached me through it. I discovered this thing that I believed smart men wouldn't marry smart women, and I wanted to get married. So I went online. I found this book called Why Smart Men Marry Smart Women.
0: <laughs> okay. And
2: I ordered it. It came I touched it. I didn't even have to read the book. I put it on the shelf, went online, and found the man of my dreams. I called him up, or I actually emailed him, then we talked on the phone and invited him for Christmas uh, breakfast, and uh, needless to say, I'm, I'm now married to this man of my dreams.
1: That's awesome.
2: So, again, it's It's your beliefs create your reality. As long as I was holding on to that belief, there's no way I could have found this man. I let it go, and immediately the day after, there he is, standing in my kitchen, helping me make Christmas pie (laughs) for my myriad of of family members, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, I one of the things I, I absolutely fell in love with was the fact that with all those people being a complete stranger this is our first date he stayed the whole day which uh, you know I was I was really impressed by that and yes that's ego <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay <laughs>
2: but it tells me it told me that there was something that I really valued about courage and that's a way that we can see how our ego gives us tools to see what's true for us. Mhm. Ta-da. Ta-da.
0: that's great. <laughs> so, yeah. He
2: and it's it's really awesome because the life that we have chosen is exactly the life that I envisioned, which you know, consequently this was the life he envisioned as well. Mm. And that's how the energy of the universe works. And we talk about the laws of conscious living in the book, um, that there are, I have found 21. I I think I only put 18 in the book, but there's so many different laws of how this universe works, but they boil down to seven basic principles. The laws of cause and effect, um, the Laws of Polarity, um, Paradox. Let's see if I can actually pull it up real quick here.
1: And this is from where?
2: Um, there's a book called The Kabbalion, and it's a Hermetic Philosophy. And although I don't subscribe to any particular philosophy, I found this information really helpful. And that is that there are seven basic principles
0: mm-hmm. these
2: this philosophy actually came from Hermes way 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 back and was written um, in 19 let's see 1912 and then cop, copy written in 1940 and it's called the Kabbalion, K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N and it's basically the story of Um, these principles so that that one the all everything that exists is all made it's basically all made up of the same stuff
0: Mm.
2: and quantum physics is now discovering that that's true we're all made up of molecules and atoms and space and energy fields and yeah all that stuff so that's Mm -hmm. kind of cool it's a mental universe which means the same thing that I've been saying, the belief, your beliefs create your reality. So whatever you believe it is, that's what it is for you. Um, the divine paradox, that uh, it's basically a catch-22 in our world. Um, you can have both things happen at the same time, which creates the paradox.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um Let's see, the planes of correspondence, you know, cause and effect.
1: Okay. That's one of the
2: planes of correspondence. Vibration. Everything in this world vibrates, as Einstein um, discovered and, and shared with us, that there is, everything has molecules and energy and everything vibrates. Some things vibrate. If they're more solid to us, they vibrate at a much slower rate. Air and gases. Vibrated at a much higher rate. Polarity. Um, temperature is an excellent example of polarity. The the thermostat is the key, and then you have the opposites, which is hot and cold. Uh, rhythm. We all understand the the rhythm of the sun going ar- or the um, Earth going around the sun, mm-hmm. going around the Earth. Um, uh, circadian rhythms, uh, tides, seasons, those are all rhythms. Uh, gotcha. gender, what they call yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have mental gender and physical gender. And then, so those basically, that's pretty much um, the, the basis of how uh, the Hermetic philosophy sees life. And I expanded on it, and and saw that there are other things in our world that that you know we might want to pay attention to when we're living consciously. Like, um, well, the laws of conscious living. Let me pull up that list. Hold on. Yeah, All right. My list. I have so many. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, let's see. What you got, okay, so th- some of the laws of conscious living are um uh, hold on, I, got it. I love computers, but sometimes they're just a little bit slower than I'd like,, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, that was ego, <laughs> okay, well, like gravity is one for okay, example. um we we all understand that there is uh there is uh gravity and how it affects us in real life for example if i jump off a bridge uh the bridge the bridge doesn't care whether or not uh how i'm feeling gravity Mm -hmm. doesn't care about how i'm feeling it is the experience of gravity it it has no emotional attach right um attachment to what we're thinking it just does what it does belief is the same way one of the laws of conscious living is it is what you believe it is and you know if somebody believes there is a god and that is their commitment nothing that you can do is going to change their reality about that. Mm-hmm. there's the law of observation what we see we see this when we buy a new car all of a sudden we notice that that car exists all over the planet.
0: <laughs> like right. We never
2: saw it before. Um, the law of knowledge. Knowledge it allows us to, to know things, of, to actually exert power over an object or um, a, a concept. So the more we know about it, the more we can manipulate within it. For example, if you know how to run a computer, mm-hmm. uh, you can manipulate that pretty well. The... The uh, law of thought, uh, whatever you think, uh, can translate into a belief, and it sends energy out into the world and how that works. There's a law of but um, visualization. How much more time we got?
1: We have actually um, about four or five minutes.:
2: Okay. So the law of visualization, which allows a thought.
1: Well, actually, we have three minutes. Okay, my clock is uh, slow. According to the Blog Talk Radio page, I have three minutes.
2: Okay, so what do you want to talk about in the last three minutes? Uh, I would like to use this
1: opportunity, actually. I think it's a good time for you to remind people where to find you.
2: Okay. Uh, Again, my name is Karen Monteverdi. The book is called Living Consciously in an Ego-Driven Society. It's on Amazon. Uh, you can find me at karen at gotocoach.net. That's my email address. Uh, my office number is 503-762-3118. And the website is gotocoach.net, N-E-T.
1: Do you do any of the Twitter kind of things, any social media?
2: I do. I go by gotocoach. Okay. You can find me on Twitter, GoToCoach. Okay. Facebook, um, you can find me at Living Consciously in an Ego-Driven Society. Awesome. Um, LinkedIn, Karen Monteverdi.
1: And that ends with an I for those of you who have no idea.
2: Right. (laughs) (laughs) It is the Italian version of Monteverdi. It does end with an I.
1: Yes okay great so now will be a good time for me to say uh, Karen thank you so much for being on Coach's Corner um, really really uh, interesting uh, informative uh, I got a lot out of the show tonight gave me a lot to think about awesome. which is uh, one of the reasons I do this I do this uh, for a lot of reasons and this is one of them is for me so I get to I get to learn from some really amazing people and uh glad to find out that we went to school together, not at the same time. <laughs> and uh, i also like to uh, let people know that uh, the show will not be uh, live for a little while. So I'm going to be and taking a little bit why. of a... tell them and why. Tell I'm them up why. To some, I'm up to some projects <laughs> that are going to uh, take up some uh, time and need to focus on. And uh, at the moment... That's going to take some precedence until I figure out what's uh, the next way to do this. Um, but so thanks everyone who has listened to the show for listening. And uh, you can find me at www.myfuturecoach.com. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash coachandrew. And I hope to see all of you again in the very near future. So thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Good night
2: night, and thank you so much. What a joy.
1: My pleasure. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.